podcast of Future Thoughts. We have a show for you today. Uh, it has been a while since we've had the three of us on a show together. Uh, and it's going to be a little while longer because... Ha 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 He's late. He's late. That sub it a bitch. Um, it's not his fault. Yeah, it's not his fault. Um. Anyway, we uh we haven't seen each other in a while. Um, so we're gonna do a, a real quick catch up because we haven't um you know we haven't done one of those in a while. So um, I'm gonna talk about all the things that we have done since we last spoke. Uh, all the things we played, all the th- things that we watched, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, I am, of course, your host, the one and mm, the the smoking pot roast. Yeah, I, I suppose that's my name. Uh, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen, and I am joined as almost always by my two side dishes, Dylan Sweet Potato Martin. Sweet potato pie, Martin. And uh, well, he's not here yet. He doesn't get introduced. I'm just kidding. Austin, green bean casserole, Stevens. Um, so I have a question with regards to this. Uh, is there a particular reason why he is a green bean casserole? Mm, no, I just like both of them. Okay. I like sweet potato pie more, but I do like green bean casserole, so I gave that to him as a. Uh, alternate okay i feel yeah. like green bean casserole is a um uh an insult somehow oh no i genuinely love green bean casserole so oh well fair enough i just gave it to him okay yeah i'm looking forward to thanksgiving oh oh god don't remind me I just want food. I don't want this year to be over with. I mean, I want the year to be over with, but also it just means another day or year closer to death. So. I mean, yeah, but Thanksgiving. <laughs> Wait, shouldn't you be, like, not wanting that also because Black Friday? I don't give a fuck Thanksgiving. Okay. I want that food, boy. You, I mean, you can you get that at Christmas, here? too. Oh, I mean... That's just the next thing to be excited for. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck about the presents or the holiday. I just like the food that comes out with it. Mm, fair enough. Yep, yep, yep. Cool. All right, well, uh, Austin will be joining us momentarily, so it's time to Yay. just uh, talk about things. Um, I don't think he's updated the document, because I don't know if he's going to talk about any of that stuff. I think he's going to talk about all of that stuff. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Uh, well, uh, on the flight back from uh, our trip, I watched to Mississippi. Y- uh, yes, to that place, <laughs> um, Mississippi Bahamas. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, I don't think I, I. don't know if I told you guys this. Uh, so we. <laughs> oh, we had a fun time. Um, fucking, we got to the airport. And TSA was really not terrible, um, but it was also, like, fucking four in the morning. Um, so, fuck Atlanta. 
I, I don't know why they're they're always busy. They're always busy. I don't I don't understand. It, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't terrible, right? But you know, whatever. Anyway, we got through TSA no problem. And the reason I bring this up is because Kayla and I have been going uh, every morning to this little place uh, right down the street from us. Well, I say right down the street. It's like a mile or two away. Um, and they make these little things that they call loaded teas. And what they are is basically these uh, supplement uh, teas that they kind of mix together. And they sell them for a uh, uh, really inflated price, um, probably. I don't know if that's actually the case. But uh, anyway, so they they we go there every morning. And we were like, we don't want to lose our routine. So, excuse me. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and just get the powders that they usually use to make our drinks. And then we'll just do that on the boat. Or, or like, on, on the trip. Because we also stayed in Miami for two days. Um, we'll, but we'll just do that. Okay. TSA. Oh, also, we had two of their cups because we were going to advertise for them. Uh, we were going to post on Instagram about about them because uh, they're awesome. They're they're really nice folks, um, and the drinks are fucking delicious. Um, so we get through to TSA with zero issue. They don't say anything about the powders. They don't say anything about our cups. Great. We go to get on the boat. We get all the way through. They've checked our IDs. They've checked our birth certificates. Um, like all of that stuff. We get to this little checkpoint where I presume they're testing for like to make sure we're not bringing anything uh, like like a gun or or weapon on. And this lady sees our cups sticking out of one of our bags, uh, which was kind of like a little beach bag. And she does not say a goddamn thing about why they're not allowed on or anything like that. They're completely empty, clear cups. And she points to them, points to the trash can. And then Kayla's like, uh, what? And the lady just points to them, points to the trash can. And she goes, they're not trash, though. And then the lady points to the trash can again. And Kayla goes... They're not trash. They're empty cups. You can see right through them. The lady points to the trash again. Does not say a fucking word. And then Kayla, <laughs> Kayla says, Oh, fucking K. I guess I'll just fucking throw away these plain, clear, see-through cups. Lady doesn't say a goddamn word. Throws them away. What the and, fuck? She, and she's like, Kayla's like walking through the little things. Like, it's pretty fucking annoying that you won't even say what the reason is. Lady doesn't bat a fucking eye. We were furious about this for two reasons. One, because the lady didn't say a, a single thing. And we made it through the, the airport, no problem. Suddenly it's a problem to get on the boat. But then, then we get on the boat and motherfuckers have massive like Yeti cups and like, like <laughs> these other things that like we're like, you can't even fucking see through it. How did this get on the boat? Like, what? <laughs> oh man, we were we were fucking furious about that. Uh, pretty much the That's entire. That's crazy. Trip. Yeah, like I, 
I would have understood if she said, no, you can't bring that on because we have a rule against bringing on your own cups or something to that effect. Like, okay, fine. But she didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Anyway, the point I was trying to get at is, uh, so we were supposed to go to Mexico. We get through that, that security checkpoint in particular. So we're already kind of primed to be like, you know, kind of angry. And we're supposed to be going to Mexico. That little, uh, I say little, the, the tropical storm is sitting when we're, when we're getting on the boat, it has moved away from Cozumel, which is where we were headed. Um, and, uh, has kind of started to move up and is on a path towards Florida, South Georgia, that sort of thing. We are heading on the boat. They haven't said anything to us. No email, no call, nothing. We're getting on the boat and they pass us a paper as we're, as we're heading to, to like get on that says, Hey, we've updated the things. We're going to the Bahamas now. Like, what? Why are you just now telling us that let we're going here when, <laughs> like, you've known about the Tropical Depression for days, right? Like, you, you've known that there was a storm there. Why are we just now getting notified of, the, of this as we're getting on the boat? Like, Kayla had already purchased, like, a little thing for us to, uh, to use... <laughs> on our day in Cozumel. It was like an all-inclusive resort thing where we were going to stay for the day. For the day, We had a day bed already paid for. Uh, like like I said, it was all-inclusive, so we had like drinks, lunch, like all of that shit was already paid for. And we had a fucking call, and luckily they refunded us, but it was like, um, how are you, how are you, uh, not, not going to say anything until just now? How, what happens if they had someone on the boat that couldn't go to the Bahamas for some reason? Oh, uh, well, that would have been weird, but you want to hear one of the fucking funny things? One of the guests on the boat flew to Miami to get on this boat to go to the, to go to Mexico. Do you want to know where she flew in from? I'm, I'm not even, so she I'm not got even to, making this shit up. She flew so in from she Nassau. she got to go dude. back home. Like, <laughs> if I were her, I would have been fucking pissed. <laughs> like, how are you going to send me oh back to where I just God. came from? I would fucking explode, dude. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, We had fun, though. Christ. We had fun. But it was just, dude, the beginning of the fucking trip was just like a actual nightmare like we were just like why oh oh i didn't even tell you guys this either we get down to miami the 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 first night or or i guess first day because we flew in in the morning we get then we get there we go straight to the hotel because they have a um they have a policy where they can drop off the bags until your room's ready and they just stay there and we're like okay awesome we get there we're checking in and then uh, one of the one of the people's or one of the people is asking for like a signature on everything, and so Kayla signed. I go to sign, and then Kayla motion, motions Dylan over to sign, and um, 
um, <laughs> the the person's like, no, we only need the two people that are staying in the room. And Kayla was like, oh, we're all three staying in the room. And then she was like, the lady behind the desk was like, oh, that's not possible. Our rooms are two people only per room. We were like, mm, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, that's not the case at all, because we booked this for three people. So, and they refused to let Dylan stay in the room with us, like just straight up. So we had to pay for him his own room for that one night in Miami. That's fucking ridiculous. The entire beginning of our trip was just a gigantic clusterfuck. And I hope to God that that never happens for anyone else again. Uh, That's some kind of movie. Right? Uh, anyway, to, finally, to get to the, the, the real thing on our flight back from Miami, <laughs> uh, I watched a movie uh, that I've been trying to watch most of the year called The Boogeyman. Uh, this is a movie that uh, is based on a Stephen King short story. Um it was directed by Rob Savage, who, if I'm not mistaken, he did the movie Host, which was on Shudder, which is like a, um, it's a, it's a made from, like, uh, like laptops. That I, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it's supposed to be all in like a Skype session type thing or a, or a Zoom call mm-hmm. or whatever. Um I thought that movie was a lot of fun. Uh, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I did not like this movie at all. Uh, this movie kind of felt a lot like... Um, how, how do I want to say? Uh, it kind of... <clears throat> it kind of felt like horror movie Mad Libs. Where you take like... Like a... You know, a couple of line or a couple of like uh, words have a line that you fill in with like generic horror thing, and that's that's what the whole movie uh, felt like. Uh, ba- basically, the um, the premise is that you have this family who recently lost their mother, uh, and they're kind of struggling to overcome the death of their mom. Um, with their therapist uh, dad. Um, the dad is unwilling to open up and that's kind of the crux of the the emotional uh, like, I guess, underpinnings there. Um, and so uh, they then kind of get invaded by this dark creature thing that they call the Boogeyman who... Um, is kind of feeds off of death and misery and uh, latches onto these kids. Um, I, 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 the only really, I guess, nice thing that I could probably say about this is that the cast in it is pretty good. Um, I didn't hate anyone in this movie. I thought they all did a you know pretty solid job. Um, but it's just fine. The, the biggest compliment I can give it, honest to God, is that it is one of those movies that you can 
put on during a Halloween party that no one pays attention to, but it's a spooky movie, so it's there. You know what I mean? It has, like, nothing going for it at all. Like, there's nothing exceptional about this movie. And because of that, it's just, it's, it's super fucking boring. It's just really, really fucking boring. Um... Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really have anything nice to say about it. Unfortunately, um, don't go watch that movie. I, actually, I don't think it's in theaters anymore, but it's supposed to be coming to Hulu because uh, I think that um, it was a, it was a Fox movie, so it's on, it's on Disney's stuff. They'll probably drop it on Hulu. Um, don't even waste your time for free. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Rip. Uh, has Austin joined us? He's not joined us, nor do I have anything, so move on. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Next thing I'll talk about is um, maybe my favorite thing that I've seen this year. Uh, Kayla and I uh, finally sat down and watched uh, both seasons of The Bear, the FX show. Uh, This is available on Hulu. Um, Actually, the entirety of season two dropped on Hulu uh, in one go back in July. Um, We just kind of got... No, June, I'm sorry. Um, And we we sat down and we watched the entire thing. Um, The premise of the show is about... uh, this young chef named Carmen Brazado, uh, everyone calls him Carmi, who inherits his, uh, his family's Italian beef sandwich shop in uh, Chicago um, after the suicide of his older brother. And so he comes home to run it, uh, but he was working as a um, kind of like a five-star chef type thing. Um, uh and he is trying to not only revamp it in that manner so it runs more efficiently, but he's trying to also kind of like, uh, you know, have the staff who does not like him, or at least even if they like him, they don't really want to, you know, do what he says because, you know, he's been gone and they're used to being things being a certain way, you know, whatever. Um and the unresolved debts of his brother and the restaurant and kind of dealing with the death of his brother and, you know, past family trauma and shit. Um, I absolutely fucking loved this show from like pretty much the word go like the, the, the biggest compliment I can give it straight up is that everything feels like it feels when you work in a restaurant. It is chaotic. Everyone's shouting at one another. Everything is like, go, 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 go. And it's all of that is kind of like mimicked in the editing and the camera work, in the way that everyone kind of like shouts over one another. And uh, like, it's just, it really, really gets into um, that sort of, uh, I don't want to say headspace, but it like it. 
it builds that atmosphere through really well told or well made filmmaking. Um, I I really like the first season a lot, but I think that season two is really really where the show shines the most um in season two each one of the characters gets their own like standalone episode and there are um like each one of those episodes tells its own little mini arc about these characters and it also somehow ties into the overall narrative of what's going on in season two, which is kind of, if I had to put like a phrase to what the theme is for season two, it's kind of that knowing what your limitations are, but being over being able to overcome those limitations in the face of adversity. Every single one of the characters kind of goes through this uh, in season two. And my favorite episode is not the one that everyone uh, probably thinks is the best of season two, which is the Christmas episode called fishes. That one's my second favorite. Um, And the reason that that one's good is, is, for what everyone says it is. It's because you literally get a glimpse into what it was like living with this family and why Carmen is the way that he is. And well, not even just Carmen though, like other, like other characters that are in the show. Um, but my, my favorite episode of the season is called forks, which is actually the very next episode where cousin Richie is sent by Carmi to this upscale fine dining restaurant uh, for a week to kind of follow them. And he gets there and Richie is this character who I absolutely fucking love. He, the first season, he's the biggest shitbag, like the biggest fucking shitbag. And you get to see glimpses of when he's not that in that first season there there's one episode um I, I can't remember which one it is but there's one episode in season one where he goes out with the new girl um oh shit what is her name uh sydney sydney he goes out with the the new girl sydney to go do something and they get in the car together and then he answers a phone call that's from his daughter and the really good thing about that scene in particular is that it just kind of stays on him with Sydney kind of just like in the background and you just watch his entire reaction and everything. And you see like underneath this braggadocious and really kind of off putting persona, there's this really sweet and tender guy who's just really in over his head and really wants, like, he wants to find a, a way to be the best possible version of himself. But he doesn't know what that is because he's always being told that he's nothing. And also is never really 
given the, I, I think, fair shake that he deserves. And a lot of that comes out in in that episode six that I was talking about, the Christmas episode. But episode seven follows him. He goes to that restaurant where he is supposed to be learning and he has this attitude where like he kind of like knows better. He's just going to fucking skate by because Carmi just sent him there because he's trying to, to punish Richie. Like that's the whole reason he's there. And he's going through the motions, whatever. And one of the restaurant staff pulls him aside because he's supposed to be cleaning these forks and he's doing a bad job at it. And the employee pulls him aside and he says like, dude, I don't have the time for you to to do this like if you're going to be here be here but if you're not then fucking leave and richie's kind of like you know well why do i care and the guy's like or the he asked why do you care and the guy's like because when i do this and i get to see the faces on our customers or like the the faces our customers make when we make them happy and when we serve them food it makes my fucking day and he he goes into more uh, more detail about all the things that like it means to him, but something there clicks with Richie, and then you see over the course of the next roughly thirty minutes of the episode, Richie really start to fucking get into his groove. He is becoming a a great worker with the staff. He is putting together like things for the customers out front like he is doing everything that he needs to do in order to like make this ship run as efficiently as possible and he's fucking excelling at it he's doing a great fucking job and he's loving it and it is just i cried at the end of that episode because there was just this like this sort of um sweetness because he really he's found his place he knows what he's good at he knows what he's doing and it he's no longer that that kind of piece of shit that you met at the beginning of the first season and i just i don't know man i this show is so fucking good it's it's probably my like succession is over now this is probably my favorite uh, like television show i fucking love this shit it is so so fucking good if you have the time please go watch it on hulu i think the episodes are like 30 minutes a a piece um i think season two some of the episodes get a little bit longer but like i mean it is as some of the best fucking tv i've ever watched it's excellent oh yeah dude it's crazy to me because oh (laughs) Hey. Hey. How you doing? Hey. I'm here. Oh, he's here. I'm here. Yeah. Hey, welcome <laughs> back. Um this is something that came up on my TikTok a while ago. Long time ago. And I remember seeing it, and I'm like, damn, I need to watch that. And then I forgot about it. And then you just told me about it and I was like, This is sounding familiar. So that was my reminder. Oh, that's crazy to me. It just came back like that because this was on my list of shit to watch. So I just put it on my uh, my list on Hulu so I don't forget it this time. Yeah, it's something special, man. What show was this? The Bear. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard a lot about that. I've heard it's you really good. You know that good. Burt Kreischer thing? 
Yeah, yeah that's the one. <laughs> I think that's the machine, isn't yeah. it? Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. All right. Well, now that Austin's here, Dylan, talk about N- Naruto. <clears throat> no. Talk about Naruto. No. Wait, hang on. What? How's? What's the worst way to say it? I think Naruto is probably it. Probably, but I want to finish the first season for I. I want. I talk about it. Oh, okay. Because I'm. Where are you at? Mm, um. Well. You know where I'm at, because you read the text. No, I didn't. That's bold of you to assume. Yeah. Austin, read things? <coughs> you know he went to public school. That's crazy. I didn't even finish it. Oh, God. He's so good at... <laughs> did um, That is true, actually. Did you watch Naruto uh, back in the day as a kid? I'm just curious. Yep. I did. Okay. Back in the day as a kid. Wow. Mm. I mean, we are approaching our nope. 40s. Mm. Mm. Now, what the fuck? I, dude, I turned 35 in December. <laughs> All right. You're th- th- getting there. I'm not. You you're only like two back. years younger than me. Three. Definitely three. I'm 32. I've still got some decent time. Freshly 32. Well. Well. <laughs> you might be younger, but physically, you're probably older than <laughs> You're probably not. Uh, that's probably not inaccurate. Yeah. Honestly, uh, you've been building model kits. Yeah, I wasn't going to talk about that, but yeah, oh, I have been. All right, doing Ta- that, we'll talk about something that you have been doing, Austin. God damn! Uh, well, Why do you make this so difficult? I just You're got late, here. and then yeah, damn it, jeez, <laughs> God, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> the tension. I just got here. Um, yeah, I watched uh, the uh, uh, One Piece live action adaptation. I didn't watch all of it. I've got like an episode and a half left, but um, mm-hmm. it's Is pretty it the good. Is it sliced bread? Uh, no. Okay. No, it's those it, reviews are saying that it is. It's it's for what it is. It's fucking great. I have a few issues where uh, certain scenes have uh, well, honestly, a lot of scenes have been changed, and uh, there are a good handful of characters that were. Uh, supposed to be in these early arcs that just for whatever reason aren't fucking there um some of them i can kind of understand like uh um there was a villain very early called Django, and his whole thing was he was heavily inspired by michael jackson so he did a lot of teehees and a lot of moonwalks uh i can only assume that that wasn't added just out of general respect um but then there are some characters that, like, they're not super important now, but they become really important, like, hundreds of episodes uh, from now uh, that are just not there. So it's kind of weird. Um, and then there is one major character named Garp that uh, is introduced in the live action by, like, the second episode, where in the anime and manga you go hundreds and hundreds of episodes and chapters before you meet this guy. And it's a relatively big spoiler um and the live action just decided to throw it on into right at the very beginning. So that was odd because I didn't know anything about that fucking character because I haven't gotten anywhere near that far. Um, but I, I've <laughs> seen uh, everything that the live action uh, adapted and they did a really, really solid fucking job. Um, I'm not super fond of the profanity usage and I know that that's fucking weird coming from me. 
Especially considering the yeah, literally. Said but that like, included. I don't like One Piece. Just doesn't feel like a story that uh, that profanity kind of mixes well. And I don't know if that makes any fucking sense. But it it's a very goofy and off the wall series, and it has this almost kind of childish uh, um, vibe to it. And so, just like like this isn't something I can let my kids watch as much as Josie wants to because she fucking loves One Piece just as much as me and Madison do. Um, but like this isn't something that I can good conscience let her watch because of of just how much fucking profanity is in here. Um, but it's for a live action adaptation, man. It's really good, and it's it's definitely uh, uh, renewed my hope uh, for live action ad- adaptations. Um, I'm not super super worried about Netflix doing a Gundam adaptation anymore, as long as they have the right people behind it, and they seem to so. Um, but this is, this, this adaptation did way fucking better than I think anybody expected it to. And I really, really hope to see it come, uh, get renewed for a second season. But doesn't Netflix have a really bad track record with canceling shows that people even also really fucking liked? Uh, yeah, well, yes and no. Uh, so this is something that I could probably argue with, with, uh, uh, what's his fucking name? New York guy, Skyrise Excellence. <laughs> what the f- uh, Justin? God damn, I could probably oh. argue with him about. But I feel like a lot of the stuff that they end up canceling that people are like, oh, people really like that. A lot of really vocal people like that. That doesn't mean that like it's it is. That doesn't uh, mean the majority liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, uh, but like I mean, I saw from like I guess that first week, uh, it was in the top ten in ninety three countries and was number one in forty six of them. So, mm-hmm. hundred forty million hours watched. I mean, that's that's a Pretty lot of fucking crazy. Yeah, I did see uh, yesterday um, too that the um, one of the head producers of the series has. Uh, like, he came out and he was like, I just want to let everyone know, because people keep asking me about it, I have reached out to Jamie Lee Curtis, and she just hasn't gotten back to me yet. So, hopefully, they have ideas for a season two, and I would fucking love to see Jamie Lee Curtis in that part, dude. That would be so cool. Even if it is a massive fucking pay cut, but it's a role that she seems to really fucking want to do. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, where are you at in the uh in the manga um i am i think chapter like 140 something i'm like right they have just gotten into the grand line for the first time whoever that means anything to there you go okay yeah that doesn't mean anything to me i was just because um it's just kind of daunting because i was sitting there the other day and i was like oh hell yeah like I'm, a, I'm, you know, 150 chapters deep, bro. Like, I could fucking do this. And then I went back to the main menu on the Shonen Jump app, and then I realized I still have over a thousand chapters left to go, and I was like, oh, cool. Neat. You're like, no thanks. We're, I think, anime-wise, we're also pretty much in the same spot right when they get to the Grand Line for the first time. And I think it's like episode 108 or 109 is where we last left off. And, uh, again, still have a thousand more episodes, but Madison 
has it convinced in her head that we can have it finished by Christmas. I don't see that happening. Oh, there's no fucking way. She was like, if, but so the thing about one piece is it feels really long, but every episode really is only like fucking 14 minutes long. The first eight minutes of every episode is just a recap of the previous episode. Okay. So it's not super, it's really not that fucking long, but it's still kind of daunting, but we'll see. I don't know that I'm going to have it finished by Christmas, but it's a nice goal to yeah. set, I guess. That's a little that's a little bit of a daunting task. If I don't watch anything else, just One Piece, I should be able to do it. But I don't know that I can mentally do that. Yeah. Everyone I know that has been really into One Piece, they they all recommend to watch it in bursts. They're like, don't don't burn yourself out on it. Don't try to fucking power through it. They're like, watch 50, 60 episodes at a time. Come back in like a month and do it again so we'll see cool okay yeah um did you uh you had on the list i don't know if you guys talked about it last time did you talk about um one piece red the movie uh no i don't think we i don't think i did talk about that but we did watch that and i was very confused to see it be a fucking musical of all goddamn oh wow um but <laughs> really good musical. Uh, I don't know the specific singer that did all the songs for this movie, but it was it was just one particular artist, and she was very, very, very fucking good. It's been a few weeks since I've watched the movie, so it's kind of not fully remembering it, but it was essentially a musical. Luffy and the crew pull up on this island, and uh, it's this idol giving this giant grand performance, which a, a, an idol-esque character is something I didn't think I'd see in One Piece, but whatever. And um, they get there, and they realize that her singing is actually a devil fruit power, and it can, can basically control the reality around her. I don't. They don't explain that very well. They just kind of say, hey, whatever she sings happens, and that's just kind of what it is. Um, and, uh, come to find out she is actually Shanks's adopted daughter and Shanks is the guy who inspired Luffy to be a pirate in the first place. Uh, everyone is kind of shocked to realize Luffy and this girl like knew each other as kids and they grew up together. Um, but she has a terrible disdain for pirates feeling like her dad, her adoptive dad kind of abandoned her and watching all these really terrible pirates kind of ruin the world around her. Um, she kind of begins to resent Luffy and Shanks for what they do. And she eventually tries to uh, basically trap the whole world in a song that gets the fucking Navy's attention. And it's this whole big climactic thing. And it was it was interesting. I watched it very out of context because there were a lot of fucking characters in this movie that uh, I have I have not met yet in the anime. So it was kind of a jarring experience. But as far as like just looking at it as a musical, it was very, very good. Very interesting. I didn't expect it. Yeah, I definitely would not have expected that either. Um, but it and it did really, really fucking well in, in Japan's box office. It was like one of the better movies that they've had in like the last few years. Oh yeah, that's fucking right. Until that Studio Ghibli movie is about to come out and destroys every record in Japanese box offices. Yeah, we'll see. Because it's the I've last heard, Miyazaki uh, film. Yeah. It, have you guys seen that? Have you seen any of the trailers or anything for it? Mm, just promotional images. It looks really pretty, dude. And there's a lot of homages to, like, 
several of his other fucking works like spread throughout the trailer and it looks it looks really pretty i'm definitely gonna try to see it if they do a theatrical run here hell yeah dude that's fucking rad um cool uh well uh i'm gonna talk about barbenheimer um i am doing it together uh because that's the only prop 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 uh, proper way to do this mm -hmm. um so fucking it took me forever to see oppenheimer because literally every fucking showing was just sold the fuck out yeah like all the time um and that was a big old pain in my ass but you know whatever finally finally got it we're all good um so, um, Barbie, I think we saw opening weekend. And, uh, Barbie, I will talk about first. Barbie is my second favorite movie of the year. Um, Barbie, I did not think would be a movie that I would say, um, is in my favorite movies of the year. I, I, I don't think I, that was something that I would have ever remotely thought about saying. Um, and I certainly didn't think that it was going to be as high as my number two. Uh, it was my number one until I saw Oppenheimer. Um, Barbie just fucking rules, man. It's very funny. Uh, it is incredibly well acted and directed there are tons of sequences in there that like me as a as a movie lover uh like i really enjoyed um like the opening of the movie is a uh a recreation of the opening sequence in um 2001 a space odyssey so it was just like right up my fucking alley uh, but that, like everything in the movie from the production design to the music to you know just the jokes it all really worked for me and it really really has a lot to say about power structures and I mean <clears throat> I saw so many people being like oh it's man hating and shit like that and like really if you watch the movie it has absolutely nothing to do with like hating on men it very much is about how again power structures uh work and how that is detrimental to everyone involved in the power structures like for instance the beginning of the movie when you're t taking a look at everything that's going on in barbie land the kins are the ones who are for lack of a better term oppressed they don't have like voting rights they don't have um you know they're not really acknowledged as 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 humans like they don't they don't even have houses you know what i mean like <laughs> I, I, I don't know where people were getting that this is fucking man-hating, but, um, yeah, it just, it really, really fucking hit me in ways that I didn't, I didn't think that it was going to. It's a, I mean, it was a fucking comedy about Barbies, you know what I mean? Like, I just, that was not something I expected to happen. Um, I really fucking loved it, though. Uh, still sitting solid at my number two favorite movie of the year. Um, really, really funny. Uh, if you get a chance to see it, if it's still in theaters, go see it. Uh, or when it comes to VOD, you know, check it out. Hell yeah. 
Uh, Oppenheimer is the best movie of the year. Um, I'm not sure uh, that anything is going to top it for me. I, I don't have too many other things that are I'm like... Uh, I don't want to say excited for, but there, there's not much else coming out this year outside of uh, Killers of the Flower Moon that I'm really, really dying to see. Um, so I think that Oppenheimer has a very good chance of being my favorite movie of the year. It is excellent from beginning to end, all three hours of it, and it really is, I think, in a lot of ways, Christopher Nolan's best movie, and quite probably his most personal movie. It really, really feels like a movie that is about him, very specifically. Um, I think that it, it does a, ha, have a lot to say about the obsessive nature of someone working like if you look at this through the lens of like a creative person like if Oppenheimer is an artist uh, you know or a filmmaker or something like that the sort of like narcissism that is involved with that and how it pushes everyone around you away and how it kind of consumes your every waking waking moment um, and also how when you make something uh, how it leaves your hands and isn't yours anymore. Um, there's a really, really amazing sequence. Uh, I mean, there there are parts of it that are kind of strewn throughout the movie because it kind of does the non-linear thing that, you know, a lot of the Christopher Nolan movies do where it takes, like, a linear passage and then drops, like, things from in the future or in the past and kind of drops them in place for context. Um, but near the end, it really showcases uh, like how this man's invention was kind of ripped out of his hands and how he, in many ways, is no longer responsible for the thing that he made. And um, yeah, man, it's, it's fucking, it's beautiful. It is a really, really haunting look at what men can do when their obsession takes over and they think about n none of the consequences of what they're doing. Um, it is impeccably acted all the way across the board. I really think that Killian Murphy is a front runner for uh, best actor at the moment and that Robert Downey Jr. is very likely a front runner for uh, best supporting actor. Um, it is really, really, really special. Um, if if you have the chance to go see it in IMAX, I really cannot recommend it enough. Like, see it on the biggest fucking screen you possibly can. Um, and if you can't, like, if that's impossible for you, uh, the next the next thing I would say is wait until you have a home theater system. Uh, with like excellent surround sound because the sound design and the score in this movie are totemic and you need something that's going to fucking destroy your eardrums when you're watching it. Um, Damn. It's excellent. It's the fucking best movie of the year. Um, I can't say enough nice things about it. 
It's on my list. I'm going to watch it as soon as it comes to VOD. Hell yeah. You won't be disappointed, I promise. Dylan might, but that's because everything disappoints Dylan. That's... Yep. yep. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> uh, Alright, Austin, what's this last thing you got on the list? Uh, I don't know. You tell me what it is. Because uh, I don't have it pulled up in front of me. <laughs> Oh, it says Mobile Suit Gundam Kukuru? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Donan's Island. Um, this was uh, the most recent uh, Gundam theatrical release. Uh, it came to Crunchyroll a couple weeks ago, and the basic premise for this movie was actually a um, an episode of the original Gundam series that did not make it past uh, uh, Japanese uh, uh, television because of how bad the episode fucking was. Um, when this episode was being made back in 79, uh, basically, like, four or five of the lead animators all got, like, a really, really nasty fucking virus that had them bedridden for, like, three weeks, so they had to outsource this episode to another company that, like, royally fucked it up, and it was one of the worst-rated episodes of the entire series, and is part of the reason why the series, why the original Gundam got cancelled in the first place. Um, but the, um... A bunch of people over at uh, Sunrise decided to revisit this story because they really, really liked it. Uh, it takes place during the original Gundam's timeline during the One Year War. And uh, um, basically, uh, Amuro and the rest of the White Base crew stumble upon an island uh, inhabited by Xeon refugees uh, that just so happened to be nothing but orphan children being protected by a Xeon pilot that went rogue. Uh, he was shot down a couple of months prior in the area and found all these children and decided, well, no one else is going to take care of them, so I'm going to. And he builds this entire, like, little self-functioning village on this tiny little deserted island and basically tries as hard as he can to keep Zeon away. Um, eventually, um, uh, Zeon's special forces discover the island and that the island actually used to be a Zeon base that is inhabited with nuclear warheads. So, of course, they want to set off those nuclear warheads. And the entire rest of the movie is Gundam and the White Base attempting to stop these warheads from being launched, which they eventually do, and they kind of part ways deciding to leave this uh, rogue Xeon pilot to do his own thing. Um, and it was... The animation was fucking incredible. I want them to remake the original Gundam so fucking bad because I just watched the original... I uh, re-watched the original... Uh, over the weekend, I watched the compilation movies that released in 81 uh, were not any better animated than the original uh, release was. Because even for 1979, uh, the original Gundam was considered to have pretty shitty animation, even by those standards. Um, but uh, super, super solid fucking movie. The animation was great. The soundtrack was fucking awesome. During the final battle, it had this kind of almost, like, metalcore, like, really heavy blast beat type soundtrack, and it was very, very good. Cool. Hell yeah, dude. That's fucking... That's cool as shit. Um... Do you know... I, I think we talked... We kind of talked about this, uh not too long ago but do you know if they're uh they're gonna have the um the sequel to Hathaway out anytime soon 
Uh, I believe from the article that I looked up a few weeks ago when we talked about it, uh, Hathaway is scheduled for some time next year. Okay. Which is, you know, they're doing a lot right now, which is yeah. great. But holy shit, why is it taking you guys so long to adapt Hathaway? Yeah. I want to read the novels. I've heard they're really fucking good. But I just, I, I can't ever find them. I can't find a website that hosts them properly and that's easy to read and I can't fucking, I don't, I haven't found them anywhere locally and if I do, they're super fucking expensive. Yeah. Okay. I also cool. don't like to read books, so, you know. Yeah. If it's not pictures, I don't want it. That seems like a very Austin thing to say. <laughs> Uh, okay, cool. Uh, well, I guess if Dylan really doesn't have anything, Dylan, uh, where where are you at in your uh, in your strongman journey? Uh, I'm not strong enough yet. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's a simple answer. <laughs> it is. I mean, hey, uh, if you know, you know. I see you um, lifting shit though. You're doing great. I do be trying. He do be lifting. He do be lifting. All right. Alright, well, uh, cool, I guess with that said, um, uh, we should go ahead and, um, uh, I guess get to what we've been playing. Um, and I'll start with a, uh, a game that I'm sure that you guys are probably not going to play, uh. Um, I have been playing the Texas Chainsaw Master game Um, and this game is uh, genuinely one of the most frustrating games I've ever played um, for a number of reasons Uh, and the main reason is that (laughs) um, it can be the most difficult fucking thing uh, if you are playing against people. This is something that I have found to be the case with Dead by Daylight a lot recently, where if you are playing against people who, like, what they're there for is to win the fucking game, then the whole fucking thing becomes this obnoxious sort of, like, race to see who is, like, the winner, so to speak, like, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, And it just, it makes everything unfun. Um, Like, obviously you want to win. Like, I I don't think that, uh, I I don't think that you would be playing the the games if you didn't want to win, right? Like, that's just right. not how a lot of people end up playing video games. They want to they wanna fucking win. But, like, I, I feel like there's a lot of fun that could be had from, like, people just playing the game. Um, and I don't think that a, a lot of the people who are actively playing TCM are playing it for fun. They're playing it to be competitive and that just 
inherently mops some of the fun. I mean, it, it definitely comes from Dead by Daylight, though, right? Because if you're playing TCM, you've probably played De- uh, Dead by Daylight. Yeah, yeah. And, like, if that's the case, you're a tryhard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, uh, like, there's, I don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with wanting to win. Like, I want to win. You know what I mean? But, like. Yeah, yeah. But there's a t- there's a point where it becomes not necessarily toxic, but just unenjoyable to play yeah, with. Exactly, and I feel like if I had gotten in this game before everyone else had gotten in and kind of made it into this sort of thing, I think that uh, I could be having a lot more fun with it. Um, but yeah. currently, it's very frustrating to play because, like I said, a lot of people are playing it as if it's like live or die if you don't win. Like, yeah. you know. And that gets very frustrating. Um, there are some other things that I've noticed uh, that really kind of bother me um, that aren't related to the players. Um, there's really not a whole lot of content here. And, like, I, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing when the game first starts. Because, like, you know, Dead by Daylight didn't start with, like, you know, the 8,000 killers and 20,000 survivors that it currently has. Like, that's not how it started. And Friday the 13th had a, had a pretty lackluster amount of content to it when it first played, but I had a lot of fun with both of those. But this game has three maps and they all kind of feel the exact same. And I don't, necessarily think that there's enough of a difference between the survivors for you to necessarily want to pick between one or the other um they definitely have their own perks and their own like abilities that make them more fun to play than just you know you know random stranger a or whatever but um i don't know it just doesn't feel like a full-fledged game just yet and i i think that that's maybe an unfair uh criticism but i do think that it's a criticism um i do think that you know if it had more stuff going on like it would be a little bit easier to swallow some of the other problems that i have with it um i also have noticed a, a fair amount of like glitches and um uh relatively recently like after the this newest patch has come out um there have been a lot of instances where i'll be in the middle of the game i think that i'm still playing the game but i've been disconnected and uh the only reason that i know that i've been disconnected is because my action button isn't working anymore like i'm trying to pull out uh, like o- open up a-, a little hatch or or uh, like find a tool to use to unlock a door or something like that and I'm trying to press the button and it's just not working and that's the only reason that I know that I've been DC'd and then sure enough about a minute later the game stops and it says uh, network error issue happened um, and that's that's been a little a little frustrating um i do think that there's a uh a little bit of a um i i i don't know 
how to just how to describe this. I feel like the progression for this is also a little too um, uh, slow, I guess. And, and I'm hoping that that's something that they fix alongside these glitches with like future updates. But um, I don't know. I feel like. I'm not making any headway with any of the characters. Like, none of the the perks that I'm using are leveling up. None of the abilities I'm using are leveling up. Because the experience is, like, just... It, it, there's not enough being given. Um, yeah, I don't know. I th This has been very negative, but, like... I, I actually am really liking it. Like, as frustrating as it is, and for as many bad things that it has going for it, like, I'm I'm really kind of having, like, a, a, a really good time playing it. Um, I think part of that is because I just, I, I'm a fan of, like, the sort of asymmetrical multiplayer, and I really, you know, I'm not a huge Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan, but, like, I have a reverence for the series. Uh, and that probably helps things a little bit. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Play it or don't. It's on Game Pass. I don't know. You're. <laughs> I I don't know what to say about it because like it. This is a very me game, you know. Yeah, very niche. Yeah. I'm curious to see its player base in a year's time. Yeah, I am too because I still really think that Evil Dead the game. Uh, fucking, I I kind of think that it knocks both Dead by Daylight and this game out of the water, at least in terms of like what it uh, can do and the amount of like depth that it has with the gameplay and stuff. Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll see because Dead by Daylight, or I'm not Dead by Daylight. Sorry, uh, Evil Dead kind of fell off for me after, you know. A yeah. minute. So. I don't know. What you motherfuckers been playing? I've been playing Armored Core. I finished Armored Core, Ooh, actually. Oh, shit. And it was very, very good. Um, I had no expectations going into this. I've never played a single Armored Core game, and the only FromSoft game I'd finished prior to this is Elden Ring. So I was like, okay, I'm probably going to have a bad time. But I didn't. This is not. <laughs> this is not like the same kind of difficulty as um, uh, uh, the Souls titles and Elden Ring, because like I feel like in those games, like the environments also are made to fuck you up. And oh yeah, that didn't happen here. Like all of the in, for, there's nothing really in the environment to hurt you. And but like all of the general standard enemies, they're just like how ninety percent of them take all of two shots from any weapon, and they're done. Um, but the bosses, on the other hand, are a fucking spectacle. Um, <laughs> but similar to Dark Souls and Elden Ring, they are fucking infuriating. Um, there's one boss specifically called the uh, called the Baltius. And it's essentially a um, like a AI controlled armored core with like like hundreds of missile pods like going all the way around it in a full 360 degree, and every single one of those shots feels undodgeable. Like it feels like there's no way to not take damage from that. 
Um, and and just like a lot of previous FromSoft game, the boss fights are, are they are genuine learning experiences. Um, and they and I I was kind of I was kind of nervous thinking that there might be like maybe one build that's like particularly better than everything else in the game and I would get that and just stick to it and that didn't really happen a lot of these bosses are so dynamic that they force you to be constantly switching your shit up um, in order to have a better chance at them and I really enjoyed that the story is essentially you are a uh, unnamed mercenary that gets dropped on this planet called Rubicon to investigate this energy source called the um, uh, Coral and I'm, but the game's super fresh, uh, so I'm not gonna get super, super into spoilers because I don't really uh, have a good. I, I feel like this is one of those games where you don't have a full grasp on everything that's going on around you unless you do multiple playthroughs, um, because there are certain missions that when you finish them, they will lock you out of other missions. Um, and it's kind of weird because you have all the... Basically, you're a mercenary, so you have all these different corporations constantly hiring you for jobs, but then, like, uh, like one corporation called the Balaam Company will hire you to basically uh, slaughter an entire fucking military installation, and then the company that owns that same military installation will then send you a job against the company that previously hired you. And so, like, it's kind of a weird... It's like, damn, am I the only one that these companies are using for this shit? And it, it's it's kind of a weird story, but uh, it, it was a whole lot of fun. Um, I It did kind of throw me off the whole, like, it feels weird playing the entire game thinking that, like, there's, uh, like, a little pilot on the inside, and it's not. You're like an augmented person, but you're essentially just a bag of goop. Like, there's not anything <laughs> else. You're just a bag of goop in a giant robot. <laughs> Um, the customization is fucking insane. Um, like you, there's so much you have to take into consideration. Um, like you have to take into the weight of your armored core and the energy usage. You have to get better generators to power stronger weapons later down the line. And there's a lot to it. And they're like the tiniest change in your armor can have a huge fucking effect in how your armored core performs. And I, I really enjoyed that. And I think this game is a whole lot of fucking fun. Um, I think I said it in the group chat. I don't, I don't really want to say that this is my definitive game of the year because it could just be recency bias. I did just finish it a couple of days ago. Um, but I, I had a really, really, really good fucking time with it. And I can say that, um, I don't know that I'm going to be going back to do new game plus, uh, anytime soon, just cause there's so much other shit that's about to get ready to come out. Uh, but hopefully I can get to that before the end of the year because there are actually 18 more missions that are locked behind New Game Plus and New Game Plus Plus. Um, I also have not tried the multiplayer yet at all. I've heard the multiplayer is uh, just like every other FromSoft multiplayer. It's fun, but it's frustrating. So we'll see. But the rest of the game is fucking fantastic. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. I'm hoping to have time for it, and something that would be uh, beneficial is if it went on sale when it came mm -hmm. to, like, Black Friday or oh, something. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it probably will. Uh, I think it might. Even if it drops down to, like, 45 or something, I would be mm -hmm. grateful. Um, there's a lot of shit happening right now. Starfield just came out. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be very busy fourth quarter this mm -hmm. year. 
Oh, God, for sure. There's so much shit coming but out. But I do want to play it because it looks genuinely fun. Dude, the, the gameplay is so... F like, it's buttery fucking smooth. I did not have a mm. single performance issue that I noticed one single time while playing this game. Which is kind of crazy because a game with, like, you know, like, super fast mech action, bunch of explosions and giant bullets being shot around, like, you... You would expect the game to start to slow down a little bit, especially during heavy firefights, but I didn't notice it one time. And that's, to me, oh, that's, good. especially after the last couple of years of video game releases, that's impressive. <laughs> that's a fucking statement. Hell yeah. Cool. What, what you got going on, Dylan? Um... I don't know which one I want to talk about. What about the one you finished literally today? Yeah. That's a good game. Oh, I mean, that's on the list, but I, I that's also, like, my ultimate talking point, oh, too. Oh, I got you, I got you. Um, ultimate, ultimate talking point. Yeah, I guess we'll just start with that. Fuck it. I... I think I said on the last podcast that I started Heart Gold again, and today I wound up finishing it, so I added that to the um, challenges. When I say finish it, I mean I hit credits for the first time. I can still go to Kanto and do all that, which is what I will do now. Um, but I, I hit credits, and I started out not playing Heart Gold. I actually started out playing Alpha Sapphire, then somehow I got uh, um, sidetracked on Heart Gold, and I'm glad I did, because I realized I missed that kind of challenge. Like, that's predates the global EXP share, and you don't even get the EXP share until like 15 hours into the game. And I miss that a lot, man, because I got to spend a lot more time, like, actually cultivating a team that I cared about, and I didn't just have one overpowered dude leading the party, you know? Um, you don't have that luxury to turn it off in the new games. And getting to kind of invest that time into a team again and just explore a game that, I mean, it's generally genuinely probably my favorite game of all time or at least you know one of the ones that we talk about a lot like that or stardew um definitely favorite pokemon game of all time that's for sure and it's been a while since i actually spent the time to go into it and beat the full thing man and i just forgot so much of what makes these games special like i i don't need a big open world like i'm very grateful for what violet you know scarlet and violet did but I just love the level of detail and, like, I guess the sense of wonder. Like, even after all of this time, you know, starting out with Gold, Silver, Crystal till now, like, I know exactly where I'm going and everything, but it's, it, I still have this sense of, like, a little bit of, like, giddiness as a kid, like, that I'm walking through Johto. And it's special, man, and the soundtrack is incredible banging. in that game it's so banging so and it just takes me back to a I don't know 
I don't know what it takes me back to, but it just happiness. I think it's the best. It's probably maybe. I mean, because I am genuinely happy when I play mm -hmm. it too. Um, I'm super excited for what comes next because it has been a long time since I've beaten Heart Gold um, or Soul Silver, and now I get to go th uh, through Cancel. Like I'm about to do the Surge battle and everything. Um, for the first time, you know, you land in Kanto, and that's the first gym that you take on. And I'm just going to kind of spend some more time with it. I was thinking in my head, what do I want to move on to next? And the answer is really nothing. Like, I I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I really enjoyed kind of getting to see the challenge of the old school gym leaders. And, like, uh, I really struggled with Jasmine because I didn't have a true steel-type counter at the time and lo and behold like and it truly it shouldn't have worked out because it's technically weak to her first two pokemon but i went and found a seal and i've never had a seal or a dugong on my team before <laughs> and because of that like because of me having to go out of my comfort zone and find it like do it's it's so crazy what happened because dugongs now like uh, it was it's going to be a staple for me um, it became my main Pokemon, like, even outside of uh, my starter Pokemon, like, Dugong was just number one. And I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, my, my final team when I beat the Elite Four today was uh, Espeon, Crobat, Ampharos, Dugong, Meganium, and Donphan. And that's just... Mm. Uh, just the, it, 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 it's, it's a team that does hit hard, but it's just, like, fun and classic. And so many of those Pokemon, like, just scream out from my childhood like Espeon's my favorite evolution Ampharos is just adorable Donphan's like underrated as Absolutely. shit you know yeah Dugong's now a legend to me Crobat's a staple um, but it also made me realize how many Pokemon from Johto I genuinely fell in love with and just I feel like get forgotten about like Ladeon mm -hmm. um, one of the best most adorable bug types you had scissor on your team in violet and i was like hell yeah because that's you know right back from those johto days as oh, well yeah. um what else like you know amphros now still gets a little love because it's in those later games um but like ariados man uh tyranitar like one of the best pseudo legendaries it's not a dragon type it's something completely different um you know, Sneasel got introduced there. It's such, it's just, it was, it was, a, it's a nice time to be able to go back and spend so much time with it. I think I capped out at 20, 25 hours today. Um, it took me to beat the eight gems and, you know, Team Rocket, Ho-Oh, and then the Elite Four. And now I'm only halfway there because it's the next eight gems, the Elite Four again, probably just because I can. And then uh, on to face red through Mount Silver at some point, you know, get some legendaries and stuff like that too, but go to Cerulean Cave, get up to some shenanigans there. I'm excited, man, and I'm excited because I have been playing other games alongside of it, and I still make time for it every single goddamn day, <laughs> no matter what I'm playing. I still have an itch to play Heart Gold. Like, I, I don't have that with Violet or Alpha Sapphire, but I, it's just, it, it, it's it's a nice like burning love passion for the game and it's it's not dissipated after th uh 13 years by the way this game came out in 2010 um 13 years ago Damn. so hell yeah nice fire
dude. <clears throat> I'm a big, big fan of, uh, you know... Um, Crystal. Uh, well, the golden silver generation as a, as a general rule. Yeah. But really do want, like, a let's go... Togepi or let's go Pichu, you know the little whole. Like, that's my Johto dream for the, for the same style mm-hmm. that you know let's go Pikachu and Eevee had. Like I would love it for one of those two things to happen. Oh, yeah. Johto is just so like it's so memorable. It is. It's it's God. So I I will die on the hill. It's the best. It's the best region. I agree. Yep. Fuck same. everything else. Pokemon the garbage after that. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that also. <laughs> well, until until fucking uh, what was it? What was the newest one? Scarlet and Violet. Uh, Violet. Yeah, <laughs> Scarlet and Violet. I I really fucking like those games. I haven't touched them since my little spell ended. But uh, yeah. doesn't the DLC come out next week? Yep. Mm mm mm. Yeah, I know. Mm. That noise you just made, that's been me for the past week. Mm. Don't know when I'm going to get to that. (laughs) Genuinely, because as you know, I've also started playing Starfield, which I'll talk about in a minute. But... uh, It never ends. There's too much shit coming out. Fucking Phantom Liberty. When does that come I'm not even going to be able to play it, dude. End of the month. When is the... Have they already done, like, the big, big update to, like, the base game that was supposed to change a bunch of shit? I think that's coming with Phantom Liberty. Oh, yeah. okay, the, okay, th- okay. Or, like, it's... I know what like you're talking about. Like, the basically Cyberpunk 2.0. Imminent. Yeah, which I... Th- yes, I think, yes. Okay. Still on the way. So that's coming. And then I'm not going to lie to you. I, I do want to play Baldur's Gate. Um, oh, God. But I have been... Do, it's so bad because it's not even a game from this year. So I it's ugh, but Sabrina's been playing uh Forbidden West and I never finished the first Horizon game. And I now want to play Forbidden West, but I need to go play fucking Horizon Forbidden uh, what Horizon Zero Dawn <laughs> and beat that too and I haven't even told her that yet. Play Zero Dawn. Um, Don't play Forbidden West. It's the same game, only worse. No. Oh, well, d- but how beautiful that it game is, It is very dude? pretty, I'll give you that, yeah. I will get lost in that shit forever. Just like what I'm doing right now on Starfield is I just devi- It's fucking Bethesda game, dude. Why am I going to follow the main quest? I'm not. He said I'm not. Um, I'll talk about it in a minute. But if if a game is just gorgeous and I can just explore it infinitely, I will fucking do that. Mm, yeah. That is what I will do. Um... <laughs> I loaded up Skyrim the other day just because I had a Bethesda itch and I was waiting for this shit to come out. And uh, all I did, I didn't do quests. I walked around picking flowers for two and a half hours. Not even kidding. I mean, I do do alchemy and shit in the game, but that's just, it's such an addictive thing to walk through the 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 plains of white run just picking up flowers. It's bad. And guess what? It's the same fucking shit in Starfield, so that's not good. I'm done. Okay. Spoken enough. That's literally it for the rest of the podcast. I'm just going to go ahead and leave. Okay, sounds good. Um, all right. Now, uh, for me, another game that you guys are probably not going to play. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, That's not true. Uh, 
No, I don't, I don't think either of you are going to touch this fucking game. Uh, I've been playing uh, Season, uh, A Letter to the Future. Um, I really fucking mm. like this game. It is uh, a very similar experience uh, in a lot of ways to what uh, Sable was. Um, was Sable last year or the year before? That just hit me in my chest, dude. I think that was two years ago. Holy shit. Mm. Was that two mm-hmm. years ago? Um, Sable game. 2021. Holy fuck. Damn. Wow. That's wild. That feels like last year. It really does. What was the big... Oh, Neon White was last yep. year. I was going to say what was the big stylized game from last year. That was it. Yeah. Damn. That's wild. Okay. Well, uh, that makes me feel fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about that. <laughs> yeah, seriously, we were. Um, okay, so this this is a sort of like a, sort of like go at your own pace, just explore and take in the world around you type game. Like I said, very very similar to to Sable, um, and in much the same way as I felt about Sable, the writing in this game is beautiful um it is so sad like it is just somber as can be and really really nails a a sort of um i don't want to say i don't want to say sadness because it's not sad but it is like a sort of um I don't know, like a understanding of, of what the world is, I, I guess would be the best way to put it. It it's kind of a a look uh at all of the ugliness that can be found in the in the world, uh, as well as all of the really, really beautiful stuff and how it all kind of mixes together. Um Basically, your your job is, uh, or like you you play as Estelle, this young woman who leaves her little like isolated home for the first time, uh, and she is tasked with creating a record of the of the world for the next generation um, before the next uh, season comes. Uh, and the way that the seasons work isn't how we think of like you know summer, winter, fall, uh, spring, all that shit. Seasons are like eras where you can go years within a season um, or you can go months within a season type thing. Like it, it's very like um, it can go either way. And basically you're, you set out from your small town that you've been in your entire life uh, and you go out and explore the world and you document what you see. And there are just so many really, really, really great pieces of, like, environmental storytelling. And then there are also these little bits of story that are given directly to you through dialogue. And it's 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 beautiful. It's very moving. I, I, I don't know... Um, uh... I, I don't know 
what else to say about it really other than it's it's very of its time i feel like and very like um prescient i don't know uh i really like it uh i think it's pretty good and uh yeah it's good stuff man Hell yeah. it looks interesting yeah, the art style. Uh, the art style is really fucking good, man. I really like the art style a lot. He's a cool little art style. But, okay, well, uh, it's on my it's on my maybes. It's on. Okay, hey, hey, it's on your maybes. <laughs> it's, it's on. I mean, I just maybe I'll have time. It's on Austin's <laughs> never. I definitely want to play it. Austin's Damn. never gonna play that shit. Austin never. No, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to be up front with you. It does not look like my cup of tea. It looks yeah. pretty, but... Well, that's why you sip it. Maybe you find out you like tea. That's true. Or I could just not. Yeah, that sounds like something you would do. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Yep. Um. Anyway, what else you doing? Uh, I have been playing a lot of Gundam Battle Operation 2 uh, because of Armored Core. Um, this... That's not why. Huh? Yeah, that's not you, why. You're, you have, you Bro, why do you think I've watched fucking kids. 12 Gundam movies in the last two weeks? It's because of Armored Gore. No, it's because you just really like Gundam. Well, don't try I mean, to also, gaslight us. You don't us. need a reason. Also that, but... You don't need a I reason. I mean, you're right. Listen, you know what? This isn't about me, alright? <laughs> no, it's you're right. It's about the robots. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Gundam Battle Operation 2 is a free-to-play multiplayer game available on PC and PlayStation consoles. Uh, it actually plays very similarly to Armored Core, just nowhere near as fucking fast. Uh, and by that, you are very slow. Um, it takes a very realistic Same. approach to mobile suits in that you are these giant, uh, crazy, slow fucking war machines. Um, and it's a very good time. It's kind of similar to Overwatch, but more in like, but in like a third-person perspective. Uh, features hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of mobile suits spanning all the way from... Uh, the original series to uh, stuff like Char's Counterattack, and that's like 20 fucking years of shit right there. Um, but uh, not a game for everybody, but I, I'm, I really like it. It's a lot of fun. And it's free, so it's like, it's a nice thing I can kind of dip my toes back into every now and then. Okay. Cool. Well... Um, Someone else go. It's you. You're next. I don't want to. I only got one more. Okay. Well, I mean, I think we're both in the same boat where we'll both have just initial impressions. You actually might have more to say yep. about Starfield than I do. Mm, uh, don't say you guys. I doubt it. Okay. Well. We all right. Well, like I'll just minutes. I'll knock out Sea of Stars real quick. Uh, sea of Starfield. Sea of Starfield. Um, I started playing Sea of Stars. Uh, this was a game that I have been looking forward to for a very long time. Um, when did this come on my radar? Uh, I think it was at the Game Awards or something like that. I, I really like uh, Sabotage Studios' uh, first game, The Messenger. Um, and this was looked like everything I wanted in a throwback RPG. Um, so far, uh, I, I really fucking dig it. I think that the combat is really cool and really fun. Um, it's a, it's not as uh, insane 
and and tactical as um, as you could maybe find in some uh, older RPGs, but there is stuff here that like makes it a lot more than just a typical turn-based uh, RPG. Where like I have found myself actively looking towards um, ways to kind of like break the combat. Uh, like it's not a, it's not a fucking Pokemon shit where like okay grass is you know beaten by fire type thing. It's a uh, it's actually kind of similar to Bravely Default in a little bit of like in in a way where like there is a sort of like stagger meter that will pop up on some enemies sometimes, and you can choose between which characters you choose to go within a round. Um, but you need to, in order to do the stagger, you have to hit specific key marks. So you have to make sure that you're using the right characters at the right time. So it's like this added layer of strategy that like, I genuinely was not expecting out of a, out of a turn-based RPG, uh, in 2023, to be just totally honest with you. Um, and, uh, so far... Uh, I am just really, really enjoying it. Uh, the music's fucking great. Um, the it, it looks beautiful. The presentation just all around is just really great. Um, I don't know enough about the story yet to really have a grasp on whether or not I, like I think it's, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread. But uh, I'm I'm enjoying what I'm playing, so. Um, I'll have more to report uh, next week, probably. But I started it, but Austin, I haven't even have gotten any. List? I haven't even gotten to like the combat yet. I barely touched it, but from what I've seen of it, it looks really, really pretty, and I'm excited to play some more of it. It does. I think Jeff said it looks or er, feels great yeah, too. I, I read Jeff said something about it the other day. Oh. Yeah. Did you say oh? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Good. Austin, you have nope. anything? I'm out. Nope. I'm out. You're out. He's out. He's done. All right. Well, I'm all in. Okay. Not really. Don't. No. No. I'm not. You're all in, like, uh, like what? WWE or no AEW. Like AEW. Um, CM Punk. What? Oh God. What? Where where will he go? Where might know. he go? Oh boy. Okay. Uh I've I've yeah, st- st- <laughs> fuck. Played I started Starfield last night mm-hmm. at 8:04 p.m. Um I spent I f- I passed out at like 9:30, but I spent 30 minutes customizing my character. Oh my. And I finally got to play a little bit. Yeah. Dude, customization's fun, man. I felt like a little badass creating my character. I don't know about you guys, but I was having a blast with it. So I can't wait to see how much time I spend in Baldur's Gate whenever I get Jesus, to play that. dude. That's not going to be good. Yeah. Um, but I... Last night, I won't even lie, I was like, I'm not vibing with this. <laughs> like, I was... I, I was not having a good time, but I think it was really just because of how tired I was. Um, 
but today I woke up and I, you know, I went to the gym, got my stuff done, and I came home and I was I was excited to sit down with it. And I said, you know, let's let's give it a better shot. Let's see what we can uh, what we can get up to. And that's essentially what I've been doing ever since. Like I played Pokemon there for a little bit, and that's when I beat it. But I've been on Starfield, you know, post that, and while we've been playing, and uh, I'm still I don't know where I'm at, man. Like it's. I think I just need more to do because as of right now, I'm getting caught in that same loop that I do get caught up in, in, uh, let's just say Skyrim and Oblivion. Like I just go around and I'm exploring the environments and stuff, but I've not really found a lot of like, uh, sustenance yet to keep me going. Like there's one main quest and maybe I need to do this a little more to, for things to open up a bit, but I've already made it to like one of the other worlds where I've joined uh, the group called the Constellation and um, I guess I'm about to go and start exploring and everything like that but I've I've had a few chances to actually go out into some of the the planets that are available like I even I've, I very quickly made it to our solar system and then I immediately left because I landed on Mars and about got radiation poisoning <laughs> so I <laughs> that was no um, then I went back to the nice peaceful planet. My dog is whining, and I don't know what she's what she wants. I I think maybe she doesn't want me to talk about Starfield. Um, but I I made it back to the planet that uh, genuinely looks kind of like our part of Georgia mixed with a little bit of Colorado, um, and it's really pretty. And I'm having fun exploring these environments, but I'm not finding anything in them. Like, I, I see animals, and I see fauna to scan, like it's fucking No Man's Sky, but I, I don't see people, I don't see uh, settlements or foundations, and I don't know how far I have to go to find any of these things, but you would think if I can land right here where I'm landing at, there would be something nearby for me to do. And by the way, the fucking ships are pointless. Like, you don't even... I, I don't know why the fuck those are even in the game, because you can't fly the shit, except for when you're hovering in outer space, and that's just so you can then use it as a fast-traveling system. Um, so that's good. But I'm hoping something blooms from this, because the game's gorgeous. I will give it that. It is a stunning game. I like the combat. It feels very... It, I mean, it's fucking Fallout. It's what it feels like. Just fall out mixed with No Man's Sky's little lasers, and that's about it. Um, it has all of the things that I know that I would love about a Bethesda game with nothing to do inside of it. So, I don't know when I start finding things, but it's not there yet. Mm. Okay. Well, damn. Um. Feels very empty. Yeah. That's... Uh, I mean, I want to say that's unfortunate, but I kind of, like, I gotta be honest with you, when when they were saying, like, they made, like, thousands of planets and stuff, I was like, okay, so yeah, everyone's just gonna be empty. Yeah. Which, you know. I expected it, but I didn't expect it to this degree. I think I might just need to do a little bit further into the Constellation quests, and then maybe, surely, that will open up something to where I can... Start finding uh, more, um, more populated areas. Like I found this really big hub city, and that's great. 
because there's lots of lifeless NPCs walking around, but there's nothing that I found like on the planet side of things, which sucks because you would think the opening part of the game, they'd have at least packed a few things in there <laughs> to be like, hey, this is what you could have. Um, and even on some of the planets that are available in the solar systems that you're traveling to, don't have shit to land on. So there it is there. So, I don't know, I don't know what the point of this game is yet, but I, it needs to fucking hook me soon, or it's, I'm moving on to Horizon Zero Dawn. Is you playing it on, um... Xbox, well, I'm playing right now on PC, because the one great thing about it is that it's cross-progression. So, but I have been playing on my Xbox Series X. Okay. Okay. Um, but I'll keep giving this a shot throughout the week, and hopefully next week I can come and be like, oh, yeah, dude, I was a total dumbass. I should have just played 30 more minutes or something like that. That's what I'm hoping happens, um, and I just need to play a little bit more. Okay. Yeah, I need to, uh, I need, I mean, I need to give it a shot, but, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be playing more Sea of Stars. Yeah, the other star yeah, the game. Other star game. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll do that. No, maybe I won't. I need to focus. Yeah. <laughs> you need to focus. Hopefully, you have to make yourself focus. It's not easy, Austin. Like oh, I, I know. How you building a model kit is like holy shit. <laughs> That's the only time I do focus like that on anything. I'm glad you can do that. Congrats. Yeah, you got that. Uh, the ADHD. You got that ADHD. I I have, I have a lot of things. Yeah. Don't we all? I have a lot of things. Yeah, Don't we do. We all. all right. Well, you know what we got next? Some picks of the week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's uh, let's knock those out and get on out of here. Um, Goodbye. My pick of the week is uh, I I listed a song in the document, and that's what'll go on the show notes, but. Um, my pick is the uh, the new Al- Islands album. Uh, came out on the twenty fifth, and uh, oh, shit. I have not stopped listening to it. Um, Holy fuck! It's good shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's uh, my favorite album of the year. <laughs> oh my god! Um, We've had favorite movie of the year and favorite album yeah. of the year, and uh, maybe maybe favorite game. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how everything works out, but uh, but yeah, uh, it's very good, very very good. The uh, singles have all been bangers. Uh, I've had a lot of fun listening to uh, everything on the album, so um, it's good stuff. Uh, if you have heard them before and like it, uh, recommend checking it out. Hell yeah! Uh, my pick of the week this week is a song called "Coma" by an artist named Taylor Acorn. Uh, I've never listened to her before. I found her on TikTok when she was advertising the song. Uh, the song also features um, an artist named Cassidy Pope. Uh, she was the original lead singer for the pop punk band Hey Monday, like in the mid 2000s. Uh, and then after that, she went on to win, I think it was The Voice, and then she kind of started doing country music for a little while. And now she's dipping her toes back into pop punk. Um, if you are a fan of like the kind of mid 2000s Paramore and New Year's Day and Hey Mon- and even stuff like Hey Monday, then this song's probably right up your fucking alley. Uh, it's very, very good. Hell yeah. Cool. My pick of the week is a song. You do tr- truly do a playlist of it. 
but it's one specific song by Helliant and Game Chops. And it'll be posted in the show notes. It's New Bark Town. It's literally Pokemon lo-fi music, and it is so cathartic. And it's from uh, Heart Gold and Soul Silver, or just those general days of the New Bark Town theme song. It's that put into a lo-fi vibe, so and it dope. is incredible. And if you just search Pokemon lo-fi on Spotify, or I guess if you have Apple Music, I have no idea. But uh, on Spotify, Pokemon Lo-Fi comes up with some pretty fantastic playlists that have just everything mixed into, you know, great Lo-Fi shit. So check Hell it out. Yeah. Hell yeah. Alright, cool. Alright, well, um, that, well, I was going to say that's it, that's the end of the show, but that's not true, because we need to get through... Uh, our um, the thingy yeah the things the things that we do um, for love yeah as always you can find us on social media for all things culture pop hunting pixels and the culture pop family content uh, by that I mean you can find me um, all the stuff that we do here uh, I post on Instagram on the on the uh, culture pop uh, Instagram uh, you can find that at uh, culture underscore pop. Um, the YouTube channel will have some fresh content coming soonish. Um, I mean, I hope soonish. We'll we'll see how long it takes me to edit this fucking video. But um, you can uh, go watch the old uh, the old videos um, on uh, youtube.com slash c slash culture pop and uh, and do that. Um, yeah. Uh, and then um, you can find me on oh uh, Twitch. I forgot about Twitch. Uh, I might be doing uh, some Twitch stuff soon. I really just need to get a schedule together, but things are, you know, life sucks. Life sucks. So, um, so yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. We'll see. This is the part of the show where the depression comes yeah, out. Truly. It's when we have to say goodbye. That's why it's so yeah. sad. That's it. That's why. That's what it is. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. Uh, and then if, if you want to follow me, you don't have to, but if you want to, you can follow me on Instagram at uh, uh, thebebopman182, um, and you can follow me, no, that's on Twitter, sorry, uh, on Instagram, it's at uh, bebopman182. I don't know what I'm doing, um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, um, Last but not least, if you like, you know, kind of like what we're doing and stuff, uh, then go to patreon.com uh, um, slash culture bop and consider tossing us pledge. Uh, we got some cool stuff going on over there, and uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, just real quick, I, I came up with this earlier in the week, and I was super proud of it. And Sabrina didn't give it the praise that I know that it deserves. So can I just can I just tell you guys something that I made up? Okay. I don't know if it's already a joke or not. I don't care. I'm not looking it up. I just need you to hear it. Okay. Okay. What fruit cannot get married? Oh, God. I don't know. 
Alright, you ready? It's a cantaloupe. Oh my god. <laughs> that's that's, that's so the good. thing you said. It's so good. I was just driving home one day. Like in my, in the lowest of low. And I thought of that and I was like, how did that just happen? It's so good. It just happened. It, no, well, I definitely didn't remember it. Don't take this away from me. Are you sure? Well, see you. Yeah, it's leave that for me to you. <laughs> oh lord! Can we go? Yeah, can we go? Oh, can we sorry. Can this? Can we? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, anyway, that's it. That's the end of the show. Uh, so until next time, goodbye. <laughs>